Well, good morning. Welcome to our continuing Bible study in the book of Luke, and we're in chapter 9. <clears throat> and we finally get to this, this important question that we've been saying, we'll probably get there next week for the last three or four weeks. <laughs> we find here, and we're going to be in Luke chapter 9, and we're we're going to be concerned with uh, verses uh, 18 through uh, 22 today, and we'll read those here before we begin. <clears throat> and it came to pass, as he was alone, that's Christ, was alone praying, his disciples were with him, and he asked them, saying, Whom say the people that I am? <clears throat> and they answering said, John the Baptist, but, but some say Elias, and others say one of the old prophets is risen again. And he said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Peter answering said, Christ, the Son of God. And he straightly charged them and commanded them to tell no man that thing, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be slain and be raised again the third day. And so he wasn't really ready for them to to. His time had not yet come, so it wasn't wasn't the correct time for that to be revealed, which would be kind of the final uh, straw in causing them to deliver him up. <clears throat> so <clears throat> anyway, as we look at this uh, today, last last time we were uh, looking at the the miracle of the loaves and the fish, and then, and we noted in that lesson that. Uh, and and we, we noted in that lesson that was all f- four Gospels uh, contained that miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 with the f- uh, five loaves and the two fishes. And, and we, we drew a little bit on each one of them in that lesson. And one of the things that, that we came away with in our previous lesson was he asked Philip, whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And he asked him not uh, because he didn't know. He, he said it, it said he said it to prove him because he already knew what he would do. <clears throat> but he asked it to prove Philip. He, he, and we looked at that word and we noted that that word had the, gave us the idea of to pierce through. And we looked at it as piercing through the the physical to the spiritual because they were looking at things in the spiritual way well we don't have enough money to feed all these people and yet they were with the lord god almighty who who was the bread of life that rained manna from heaven down on the in the wilderness and and those things and he was through the Spirit bringing Philip to a point where he had to look beyond the physical and look to the spiritual. <clears throat> and I think we have that question here, uh, the same kind of a style of a question that the Lord, every time we deal with the Lord asking questions and saying things, it's always on a much broader, deeper spiritual plane than just what meets the eye on the paper. Whom say ye that I am? He knew. There's the scripture says everything is naked and open with him with whom we have to do. There's no secrets from the Lord. <clears throat> so he knew 
he knew exactly what what Peter thought, and but he he brings us out to to again to prove him, to cause him to look through the physical and 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 look at things through the spiritual uh, eyes. <clears throat> And so we have this most important question here that anyone will be faced with. And, you know, the answer, the right answer magnifies the grace of God. And without it, we'll never know Christ. Because it says, flesh and blood cannot reveal this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. That's, uh, as we as we look at this same uh, thing that happens, that's what, what, what Peter, he says, whom say ye that I am? And Peter said, Thou art Christ, the Son of God. And he says, Blessed are thou, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And that's what, that's what must happen. And so this context, that, uh, as, as we're going through this, it's always important to kind of keep the context, the flow of what's going on. And sometimes when we spend so much time on just one or two verses, we kind of lose the flow of the whole picture and and this kind of takes us all the way back to the parable of the sower and even before that but we're just going to go back that far just uh, because it it gives us the the sense of what's going on he's he's got these disciples and he's bringing them along and he's piercing through their their view of the physical to the spiritual and and he tells them he he knows that he's getting ready to send them out and in the field and preach the gospel and he and he tells them the parable of the sower and he says when you go out preaching the gospel it's like the word is the seed of god and some of that's going to fall on ground that's packed hard and it's not going to take root some of it's going to be eaten by fowl some of it's going to fall on the thorn he says but some of it is going to fall on good ground that the Spirit has prepared, and it's going to bear fruit. <clears throat> but as we know, there, out of the four or five places where the seed can fall, only one of them <laughs> is going to be fruitful. And so he says, you know, here's kind of what you can expect. Uh, you know, a lot of the places where you go, the uh, it's not going to be accepted. <clears throat> it's going to fall on ground that's not suitable. And <clears throat> he says, but, you know, go there and, Throw that seed out and leave it up to the spirit and and so we have this this allegory that's uh, in preparation for them preaching the kingdom of god and and the displays of his almighty power in in public and in the presence of his disciples healing so many and and the raising of the dead of that young girl and the total reliance on Christ he says. Okay, when you, I'm sending you out now, don't take a stave, don't take shoes, extra shoes, don't take two coats, don't take any food, don't take a script, a bag to carry anything in. I'll take care of you. Trust me, I'll take care of you. And then we found in Luke 23, he said, well, when I sent you out, lacking? No. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> so... Uh, so they had to pierce through their their own physical reliance on and and 
that's a, just a lesson for the church. We're always so self-reliant. We're always, we're always planning in advance and trying to to resolve our own issues and and take care of ourselves. And it's a, it's a hard thing to totally rely on Christ for for things that are out of our control. There. And, and, and so we came to the the time when he he fed the the five thousand. I mean, after they just witnessed all these miracles. And he feeds 5,000 people with this small amount. And he just creates food out of nothing and <clears throat> takes care of all these people. And, and all these evidences of his almightiness who, who loved us from, from eternity and came and dwelt among us, <clears throat> who was God and took on himself the flesh according to the scripture and, and and we can go back in the Old Testament and read about that in Genesis 3 and Psalm 8 Psalm 22, Isaiah chapter 8, Isaiah 41 53, all these scriptures that you know there's just no end to them I'm just, I'm just listing 4 or 5 here but as we've learned throughout Leviticus and the rest of the scriptures that Norm's been going through, and now we're going to be getting in the book of Numbers, the gospel as recorded in Numbers. That's what that is, the gospel of Christ. <clears throat> so all these things that we see uh, <clears throat> about the Lord revealed to us in the Old Testament, evidences of who he was, what he did, and yet he says, whom say ye that I am? And we're, and we're going to get to the point of this here in a moment. Uh, <clears throat> let's read, uh, let's turn over to Hebrews, the second chapter, and read a couple of verses there. <clears throat> in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9, Hebrews 2, 9, it says, But we see Jesus. We see him spiritually not just as a physical, historical person. To the church, he says, we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, the gospel, <clears throat> crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man, for it became him for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he's not ashamed to call them brethren. You know, he's just had that since the covenant of grace from before the foundation of the world, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the church. Will I sing praise unto thee? And again... And, and he's just repeating the Old Testament here and all these scriptures is in Hebrews. This is not new material. <laughs> it's just the, they're just declaring the gospel from the Old Testament and saying that's what it, what it says. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children which God hath given me. So he, he quotes three, four scriptures right in a row there. 
and just prefaces them with the and again and again and again and again and again. And we could start in Genesis 1 1 and just say and again and again and again. He says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. We're in this bondage of the physical. We're in this bondage of the the fallen nature that we inherited from Adam and, and the and the sin that we managed to do on our own. He said, For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham, the seed of flesh, that he could come and satisfy the law, satisfy the Father, and not only be just, but the justifier of them that believe. <clears throat> and so we have to see him in that capacity. We have to see Jesus in that spiritual capacity. Uh, and, you know, many people had observed the mighty works which Jesus did, and, and they're recorded for us in God's holy word. We've, we've observed how many of these works were presented in types and shadows and figures in the Old Testament and accomplished in time by Christ in the New Testament. Uh, just the other day was tell it when, when he was... Uh, in Hebrews chapter 3 and 4. And and I think we mentioned that in our last thing about the loaves and fishes. The gospel <clears throat> was preached unto them the same as unto us. But it didn't profit them. <laughs> All those people that came out of Egypt that ate that manna, that drank that, walk from that, that water from that spiritual rock, whose shoes didn't wear out, that had the fire by night and the cloud by day, and all those miracles that got them out of Egypt, all the plagues and the things that he used to deliver them out of Egypt with a mighty hand, the crossing the Red Sea and then drowning all the, the Egyptians, and all those displays. And yet, they believe not. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> kind of the point being here is, and we're in this kind of the same position here in in Luke. Whom say ye that I am? Do you see beyond the physical feeding of the five thousand? Do you see the physical people or the the all the miracles that he did? all the displays of His Almighty, those of themselves are never going to cause anyone to see Him as the, the Son of God, the Christ. It takes a divine revelation. It's like Peter said, like he told Peter, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, but my Father, which is in heaven. <clears throat> so, that's what we, we just unfailingly find time after time after time after time in the scriptures. We say, well, we have records of all those. They're written down for us in God's holy word. And yet, people can read those and not see Christ. They'll say, well, we see Jesus as 
well, a historical figure. We see him as a, a wise man that gave us more rules to keep. And uh, he was a good moral compass for us. But many more see him as, man, he is a messing up my life. I wish he'd go away. <laughs> so we find that not many were converted by being in circles and, uh, and did seeing Christ in the flesh, were, did that result in, in many being born again? Only the ones that he said, follow me, come with me. I must go to your place. I must needs go here. I must needs go there. Uh, I must dwell in your house. Uh, many saw him and believed not. And he says that very thing. We find that uh, that scripture in in John, as we look at the same uh, scenario in the different gospels. You know, it just takes grace. That's just what it boils down to. <clears throat> you know, in Jeremiah, if you if you want to look over in Jeremiah chapter twenty four verse seven, it says, "I'll give them a heart to know me." <laughs> And that's what has to happen. He says, I'll give them a heart to know me that I am the Lord. And when he says, whom say ye that I am, it's just so much deeper than just the physical aspect of, of a historical uh, Jesus. <clears throat> just the fact that he says that I am the picture of him in the eternal grace and in the covenant of grace I've loved you with an everlasting love therefore with loving kindness have I drawn thee and so the Lord poses this question to his disciples whom whom say the people that I am and they had the answer just like that I was I was just noticing that while I was drawing up this outline for this class <clears throat> he asked who do the people say I am? Well, they say, oh, that's easy. Some say you're Elias. Some say you're John the Baptist. And some say, some of them even say that you're another old prophet that's risen. <laughs> None of them were saying, this is the Messiah. This is the, this is the one that was talked about in the Old Testament that would be born of a virgin that would, uh, I'll give you a sign. A virgin shall conceive, bring forth a child, and should call his name Emmanuel. That is God with us. <clears throat> they, they didn't see that. The disciples, they, they knew the views of the people regarding Jesus. <clears throat> and the people, they seemed to be forced to agree that Jesus was no ordinary person, uh, but was not believing. Whom say ye that I am? Oh, John the Baptist. John the Baptist had his head chopped off by this time, and and they thought, well, maybe he's a resurrection of that. And it's interesting that they can they can say, well, he's Elias. They would expect they kind of expected that Elias coming back, or or one of the other old prophets would come back. They could kind of. 
they were kind of indoctrinated into that kind of thinking that that was to be expected in the in that Jewish religion of these old but to think that here was indeed the Christ the the Messiah and they agreed that he must have some connection with God in in John chapter 3 verse 2 we find Nicodemus this ruler of the Jews came to Jesus by night and said unto him rabbi we know that thou art a teacher come from God for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him so they they kind of some of them recognized that he had some kind of divine connection but not who he was and and after feeding the 5000 the the people had eaten of the miracle that coming out of Egypt he fed them but to the full, he fed them flesh by night and morning bread to the full, the scripture said in Exodus. In, in John chapter 6, verse 41, so the Jews murmured at him because he said, I'm the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it that he saith, I came down from heaven? So they, without a divine occurrence, that that link can't be made. Amen. Some seem to believe that after witnessing the resurrection of Lazarus from the dead, they they seem to believe because the scripture says uh, that some saw that miracle and believed. It said in the scriptures, and and yet. Some, in spite of the miracle, were still at enmity with with the Lord. And in fact, we find out they even tried to kill Lazarus again. And I thought, I thought that is just dumb to the max. Here's a guy that just got raised from the dead. They said, oh, let's kill him again. What could go wrong with that? <laughs> He'd probably be dead again. Then it'd be a miracle. You know, it's, just, it's just craziness. But that's just how blind we are. That's just how... How they we're one of the effects of the fall is we're able to rationalize things uh, to our own detriment. We're able to say, "Well, that we don't like how that turned out. Let's kill him." <laughs> it, that'll work, and things will work out the way we want them to. That way, that it's just part of the fall. In John chapter eleven, verse uh, forty-five through forty-eight. We'll, we'll just read that real quick. John chapter 11, verse 45. Many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. Just this stark dividing line about the two results of intersecting with the Lord. Some believed and some went to the enemy. And then they gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council, and and they're like old Herod, they're perplexed, they're, and there's no way out. That was the name of our lesson on that situation that Herod found himself in. Well, if I believe on him, then what? There's, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered in a council and said, "What do we do? For this man doeth many miracles. There's no denying." 
that a lot of people saw him raise that girl from the dead. There's no denying that a lot of people saw him feed the 5,000 with just nothing. There's a lot of people saw him make the blind guy see and the deaf hear and the lame walk and the lepers cleansed and and uh, and they leave off that part about the gospel being preached to the poor. <laughs> but they said we a lot of people have seen him do stuff and and they what do we do? If we let him alone, all men will believe on him, and the Romans will come and take our a place and take away our place and nation. If we let this guy usurp authority and cause a commotion, the Romans are going to come here and kill us all. <laughs> There's no, it's a no-win situation for them. <clears throat> Let's uh, move ahead a little bit to John uh, chapter 12 and read a few verses there regarding this whom say ye that I am in John verse 31 now in this world now shall the prince of this world be cast out and I if I be lifted up from the earth will draw all men to me this he said signifying what death he should die uh, that gets translated into they just quit don't read the rest of that they just focus on the universal aspect of it that's incorrect and but it was all about him being lifted up on the cross to die. And the people answered him, We've heard out of the law that Christ abideth forever. How sayest thou the Son of Man must be lifted up? They understood this, this concept. Christ is eternal. How is it that he's going to be lifted up? They understood that, the context of that. Who is this Son of Man? Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is light with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. While you have the light, believe in the light, that ye may be children of light. And these things spake Jesus and departed and did hide himself from them. So he gives them some spiritual truths that kind of right over their heads. They, did, they didn't have a heart understanding. In verse 37 it says, But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. It's just, that's just how bad, the, that's just the hint of how desperate the, heart is and wickedness and, and the results of the fall how pernicious how destructive to us is the sin and the fall it says though he had done so many miracles before them yet they believed not on him that the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled which he spake saying Lord who hath believed our report that's what Isaiah said back in his day he said man I told about all these miracles that Jesus did I told about him coming to take away the sin of his people. I told them the gospel. And I have all these proofs of who he is. Who's believed our report? And he's insinuating that in his view, it's not many. <laughs> not many are believing in spite of all these things. 
to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? There's the key. He says, to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? It has to be revealed. It can't be seen with the physical eye and believe. Therefore, they could not believe because Isaiah said again, he blinded their eyes and hardened their heart that they should not see with their eyes or understand with their heart and be converted that I should heal them. And these things saith Isaiah when he saw his glory and spake of him. And in each case, the truth is declared unequivocally. And here in John 30, 12, 38, from the Old Testament, there must be a revealing. To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Who has believed our report? It, the ones that believe the report are those to whom the arm of the Lord has been revealed. <laughs> That's just the answer there. These two questions posed to the disciples and to Peter in particular as a type of the Lord's church are, are distinctly answered. To most people, it's, you have seen me and believe not because it hasn't been revealed to you. Uh, <clears throat> you believe not because you're not of my sheep. And he's not obliged to reveal anything to people that are at enmity with him that are not in covenant with them in the covenant of grace. Those people that the Lord talked about in John 17, thine they were he's in his prayer to God. He said, and thou gavest them me. Those are the ones whom he is obliged to reveal uh, himself to. And it's especially true when a, when a physical miracle is combined or coupled with a divine spiritual truth. Boy, we see the evidence of that. People are saying, well, I like that was cool. Did you see him feed those people? <laughs> we, that's happened in John chapter 6 about this feeding of the 5,000 that we studied in our last lesson on the, the loaves and the fishes. John chapter 6, verse 36 says, But I said unto you, you've seen me and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And uh, he that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. And then in verse 44 of that chapter, John chapter 6, he says, no man can come to me except the Father which sent me draw him. And I will raise him up at the last day. And it's written in the prophets. They, those one by the Father, they shall all be taught of God. Every man therefore that hath heard and hath learned of the Father that's been taught by the Father cometh unto me. Those to whom the arm of the Lord has been revealed those are coming to me. <laughs> They're all coming. Not one will be left out. And the result, the, the key is found in the sovereign will of purpose of God the Father. <clears throat> in verse 63 of John chapter 6, he says, It's the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. They just saw the. They just saw Jesus, the, the physical Jesus that had 
some supernatural capacity that they didn't understand and that they didn't really believe in, even though they saw it. Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not. He knew. <laughs> it's not like it was a surprise. It's not like he didn't know. <clears throat> and, and he knew who should betray him, all according to his purpose. He said, have not I chose you twelve and one of you is the devil? Is it I? Is it I? Is it I? Is it I? Even the one that knew that it was him said, is it I? And from the, then, uh, verse 65 of John 6, chapter 6, he said, And therefore, because of that, because of these things that I said, it's the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profited nothing. Therefore, said I unto you, no man can, no man is able to come to me except it were given unto him of my Father, revealed, revealed by the Father. And that from that time, and we have our famous verse in John 666 <laughs> that we always kind of make uh, light of. From that time, many of his disciples uh, went back and walked no more with him. They went from seeing him feed 5,000 people with five loaves and two little fishes and all these other miracles to, ooh, that's a hard saying. Who could know that? And they walked with him no more. They, they saw the physical, but they couldn't deal with the divine. Ad. No, What do you mean no man can come unless I can come if I want to? <clears throat> we, I have a free will. I have a free will that is totally corrupted. <laughs> The will is like every other aspect of us, of our nature. It's just, it's ruined. It's free to do what it can and will in its corrupt mode. But you know what happens when you put corrupted fuel in your car? <laughs> it, you're free to put all the corrupted fuel in there you want, but it isn't going to run. It's, just, it's no good. <clears throat> so the same question is posed in these Gospels and the answer by Christ is, it's really applicable and true in, in all of them. Whom say ye that I am? Peter answered and said, as we look at all these different gospels that bring this, this block of scripture to us, in Luke he says, you're the, the Christ of God. That means he was the sent one, and that has so many implications. Sent for what? He sent because of the fall to, to overcome uh, sin, death, and hell. And, and in Mark chapter 8, verse 29, Whom say ye that I am? And Peter answered, Thou art the Christ, the Messiah, the, the Anointed One. And, and Mark, Matthew chapter 16, verse 15, He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. He, he, made him, he pierced through the physical 
to this, the spiritual. He already knew what Peter, but he had to get him to look at things in a, a little different light. There must be almighty inter intervention to, to move people from the condition of unbelief. Paul Paul wrote a lot about that because he experienced it firsthand. I was just kind of doing a little research on that this morning and and we're almost to the close of the lesson here but it's about 202 miles from Jerusalem to Damascus by road. Kind of makes it a little jog up to the north and then cross over above the the Syria, uh, the Syria area where Damascus is, and and back in those days, walking was the most common form of transportation. And a man can walk about if he pays attention and focuses, and he's in good shape, can cover about thirty miles, twenty-five, thirty miles in a day if he has to. So <clears throat> it's about a week's worth of walking to go up to Damascus. And there's not many places or things that I would walk seven days for. <laughs> I'd have to be pretty interested in what was at the other end for me to walk 200 miles. And his view of Jesus was he was an interferer. Whom say ye that I am? You're the interferer that's messing up with our Jewish religion. You are the troublemaker that's causing me not to enjoy life. You're a blasphemer against God, the God that he had created in his mind, how he envisioned God based on what he'd been taught by the tradition of the elders and a total misunderstanding of the Old Testament. That's how he saw God. That's who Jesus was. Whom say ye that I am? Well, he was to Damascus to arrest those that that saw Jesus as thou art the Christ the son of the living God he was on his way to arrest them and tie them up and bind them and bring them back to Jerusalem another seven day walk back to have them tried and convicted and probably executed if he could swing it that's how he saw Jesus but on that road, the Lord revealed himself. That's what he says, when it pleased God to reveal his son in me. That's who did the revealing, and that's who was revealed. He revealed God, revealed Christ unto him, and he, then he says, Lord. He saw it. He said, whom say ye that I am now? <laughs> and he says, Lord. No man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. That's what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 12.3. And he can confirm that to those Corinthians because that happened to him. And we read that part about Galatians where when it pleased God to reveal his Son in me <clears throat> that I conferred not with flesh and blood because flesh and blood does not reveal uh, Christ. <clears throat> Blessed art thou, Simon, because 
flesh and blood hath not revealed it, but my Father, which is in heaven. In John, that gospel in John chapter 6, you've seen me physically, but believe not. He told Nicodemus, unless a man be born again, he can't see the kingdom of God. He can't even see it. I mean, they, they, Jesus said, you see me, but you believe not. You can't see the kingdom of God. I'm standing right here. You cannot see me. And so he charged them and told them not to tell uh, anyone that thing because it wasn't, wasn't yet his time. Whom, whom say ye that I am? The, the Son of Man, the Son of God, sent to save his people from their sins. And that's what he wrote in the Galatians chapter 4. He says, when the fullness of time was come, God set forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sins. Thou shalt, thou shalt bring forth a son and call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So, all this to answer that question, whom say ye that I am? Is he your Savior? Is he the Lord God Almighty? The Son of Man, the Son of God? Or is he just that, that interferer, that, that troublemaker, that historical figure yeah, that just gave us, well, here's some more rules for you to go by. Or is he the one that came and died in your place. So we'll stop there. Till the next time, be free, my friends.